Well, commit number five for the 2024 class is on board. Jaden Hardy, four-star safety, commits on Saturday. And I think uh, most everyone knows that OU got a big-time safety commit over the weekend on Saturday. But seeing as it happened like uh, two hours before the spring game started, it probably still hasn't gotten the attention it deserves. Now OU's up to the number 28 overall class. Um, And here you go, Parker, commit number five. And your highest-rated player, Jaden Hardy, I believe, uh, number 162 in the 24-7 sports rankings. This is a, uh, I, I guess it was somewhat of a quiet get, but a very, very good get for uh, OU's 24 class over the weekend. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go out, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say he'll be your highest-rated commit for maybe another 48 hours. There's a nugget for you. but. Ooh. Um, but yeah, no, Jaden Hardy's commitment was understandably somewhat upstaged by the events of Saturday in Norman with everybody kind of laser focused on the spring game, but this is a really good pickup for Oklahoma and he's got a relationship that with Jay Valai that dates back to Valai's days at Alabama. He offered Hardy when Hardy was just a freshman there at Bama. And so when Valai came over to Oklahoma, that only strengthened Hardy's interest in OU. Brandon Hall did some fantastic work. By the way, Brandon Hall, man, that dude deserves his flowers. Time and time again, he proves that he can recruit with the very best of them. And with Hardy jumping in the fold and potentially adding Michael Boganowski here in the not-too-distant future, Brandon Hall is going to be able to relax here. Uh, once he gets his two safeties on board in the 2024 class. And there are a few people that deserve a little R&R more than Brandon Hall right now. Yeah, because you and I, we give credit to DeMarco Murray all the time for what he has right now, uh, what he's gotten here recently, and probably even what he's going to get with this 24 class. Like, we look at the running backs, and we've talked about it. Like, DeMarco has... He stocked that room, and more is still to come there. So, so we're always giving it up to DeMarco for what he's done at running back. And I think we need to have that same energy with Brandon Hall and what he's doing with his defensive backs, right? Big 12 recruiter of the year last year. Um, and, and I think this goes hand in hand to what we saw Saturday. Britt Venable said before the spring game started, or b- before the spring started, that the secondary is going to be pretty good. And I, I saw that, man, whether it was Reggie Pearson, whether it was Peyton Bowen. I really like what these safeties and even these corners, what they're going to be this year. And Brandon Hall isn't stopping anytime soon. That safety position, much like the, the running back spot, it's 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 stocked for the uh, for, for for several years here. They're in good shape there. You know, it's interesting. We talk about Brandon Hall being such an effective recruiter uh, and kind of being in his bag right now on the trail, and he is. But he's maybe maybe number three right now on Oklahoma's staff in terms of dudes that are on recruiting heaters because. With all of the positive buzz coming out of Todd Bates's room in the aftermath of Saturday, the strides Oklahoma made with guys like Joseph Jonah Ajonye, Nigel Smith, getting David Stone back on campus. Bates is poised to do some damage, but this week kind of belongs to Emmett Jones, Tyler. Sure. I, I don't yeah. know that there will be an assistant across the country that, can, that is about to have the type of week that we expect Emmett Jones to have. 
God, just dropping hints all over the place here in the very first segment. I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, new crystal ball in for OU. Zion Kearney, uh, four-star wide receiver out of Missouri, Texas over the weekend. Real, real quick on Jaden Hardy. Uh, Six-foot, 175-pound safety out of Louisville, Texas. Uh, picked OU over Tennessee, over A&M, over Oregon. Had an Alabama offer. Like, y- you see four-star safety from Louisville, Texas, and you say, okay, like, there, there's a natural connection for OU there, getting a player in North Texas. But let's I, – I, I think that this is maybe a little bit more impressive than maybe how it initially meets the eye, Parker. Tennessee's got more juice as a program than they've had since Philip Fulmer was there, right, when they had it going in the late 90s, maybe even early 2000s. Tennessee's got something going on right now, and it's showing up for them in recruiting. You got a Tennessee legacy. You got a Tennessee legacy – Right when they're really doing some nice things with Coach Heupel, Jaden Harney's dad played at Tennessee. He was an NFL linebacker. So not only did you win over Tennessee and A&M and Oregon and even over a Bama offer, you won over a kid that's a Tennessee legacy. That's important. Yeah, very important and very crucial for Oklahoma to be able to put the clamps on a guy locally that when you're talking about proximity to home amongst the top flight power five institutions that were in the market for Jaden Hardy. Well, you're pretty much equidistant, right? From Austin and from Oklahoma college station, not too much further down the line. So to be able to make your footprint a little bit deeper in DFW is crucial, especially as LSU starts to make a run here for Caden Durham. And I'm sure we'll get to that uh, later on in the program here, but being able to recruit DFW effectively starts with getting guys like Michael Hawkins and Jaden Hardy that aren't just going to be all in with Oklahoma, but that are going to immediately turn their focus towards recruiting their peers. Oh, boy. Here, uh, here's the first text of the week, and someone's trying to bring the negativity, trying to bring us down on this Monday from the 405, bringing in a bunch of three stars. Ooh, look out. Why can't OU get top talent? Freaking USC got a Georgia defensive tackle, but OU can't. I, I mean, we just literally mentioned OU just got a four-star. Like, that's the prospect that we're talking about here. Seriously? That's got to be a troll. It's got to be a troll. Uh, from the 405, if Parker does not come to couch for a free breakfast before the spring game, how does that affect recruiting? Dang it, Gary. I, my apologies to you. I completely forgot. I compl- it slipped my mind. I was up late on Friday night working on stuff in advance of the spring game, one of those things being the commitment story for Jaden Hardy. I slept in on Saturday morning and completely Shame. forgot to drop by couch. I-, I apologize. I'll cash that in at some point down the line. Gary, I was on air at 10 a.m. I got to Campus Corner at like 9.30, so there's, there's, there's my excuse, all right, if that's, if that's legit at all. Sam and Edmund, uh, it was nice meeting Sam and Edmund this weekend. He says, Brandon Hall is our best recruiter hands down. DeMarco is great, but I think Brandon Hall has taken the lead. That is a, uh, that, that's a fun question, and we'll put it out to the text line, 405-651-3439. Who, who would you consider the best recruiter on this staff right now? Like, Brandon Hall has the recent honor. He'd be hard to argue against, but we know what DeMarco brings to the table, and he is already a proven recruiter out there. So that might be your one and two, but that's that. I mean, you might be able to go a few, a few different ways with that one. Uh, from the 405, F that guy. Our staff is crushing recruiting. Listen to the show sometime. Uh, from the yes. 918. Uh, predict our next three commitments. 
Ooh, that's interesting. Who do you think? Okay, Tyler, I'll let you go first. Next three commitments, who are they? Uh, next three commitments. Um, oh, jeez. I, I keep seeing these new crystal balls for Zion Kearney. And, I mean, it's obviously going to be a wide receiver. So I'll say Zion Kearney. This is like a total guess right now. Zion Kearney. Um, I'm going to guess Xavier Robinson. And then I'm going to be super optimistic as more crystal balls roll down. And I'm going to say your top 10 overall player at wide receiver is uh, Bryant Wesco is going to be the third. In no, in no particular order there. Those are just three guesses. Interesting. Can I? Okay, so if I pick Brennan Thompson, is that okay? Can I count a transfer? See, I, I, I mean, uh, Brennan Thompson's obvious. Um, I, I didn't go there. I was okay. just going for the 24 class, but I will revise mine if we are including portal players. No, 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 sure. it's okay. I just, I'll, I'll take Thompson off the table. My, my next three commits are all wide receivers. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Okay. No, no, I'll take it back. Two of them are wide receivers. Zion Kearney, Grayson Harris, and Xavier Robinson on the tenth. Yeah. Okay. So we're we got two out of two out of three. I think that we have the same. Um, but Bryant Wesco was my other one, and maybe he's not in the next three commits. But that one is just looking better and better by the week for OU land to land a top ten player at wide receiver. I mean, look, they have the number twenty eight class right now. Um, I. Obviously, nobody will be happy if that's where they end. Nobody thinks that they're going to end as the as a twenty eight class. But like, what's the current like temperature of OU football recruiting? I think very optimistic. I think I think things are good right now with where you sit for several high ranked prospects. Well, like, you're, you've you're got in a good spot here. You've got five on board before official visit season rolls around. Those won't be the only five that you lock down before official visit season rolls around. And I think it's remarkable, Tyler, that. With Oklahoma's recruiting policy that you don't visit anywhere once you're committed to Oklahoma, in conjunction with the fact that this is a program that just went six and seven, I, I think it's remarkable that Oklahoma is getting as many early commitments as they're getting. Yeah, I, and maybe we'll find out about some commitments that have already happened. They're just not public yet. Like, one of the names that you initially mentioned, I think that there's a real good chance that that has already taken place. That the staff knows that he is committed, and it's just a matter of uh, one or two days, 48 hours, I think is what you mentioned earlier, until we actually publicly find out about this commitment. So, yeah, th- things are uh, things are okay right now. How is our three-and-a-half over-under looking? We-, we got to two before the spring game even kicked off. Um, I think Brennan Thompson will be your third, so we're right at that number, right at it. <laughs> yeah, we're all, okay. So you got Autry, you got Hardy, and uh, again, the over under of three point five didn't hit in the public eye over the weekend. But give it another three four days, but well, not not even three four days. Give it another. I would say give it another forty eight hours, and the over will hit. Yeah. Uh, next three says the 918. They're going with David Stone, Williams Winery, and Nigel Smith. And that idiot would still text about a three star that we got. <laughs> yeah. David Stone, Winery, and uh, Nigel Smith, who two of those three were on campus this weekend. Uh, Gerald McCoy did take one of the ref tweets to use it as a uh, recruiting pitch to uh, David Stone. So does the ref get credit if David Stone ends up being a member of this 24 class? I, I, I think that we should. I think we should get some credit here. 
Yeah, I, look, I believe David Stone is going to end up in the 2024 class. Ronnie Crimson is his primary recruiter, which speaks volumes, right? So I, I don't know that things get beyond July with David Stone. And I know a lot of people will look at the way that he's treated his recruitment thus far and say, oh, you know what, it's going to be another Peyton Bowen deal where he takes it all the way to National Signing Day. I don't know that the OU staff is going to be on board with that, Tyler. And that's why I would say if it lingers past July, I'd honestly be surprised just because there will come a point in time at at which Brent Venables gets on the phone with David Stone and goes, okay, man, cut the BS. Let's do this. Yeah, let's go. Uh, 903, Jay Valai is the best recruiter on staff. Florida Sooner says best recruiter might be Miguel Chavis. Uh, DeMarco is on this list. We got about half of the uh, staff represented on the question of uh, best recruiter that, that OU currently has. We'll get to that and a whole lot more coming up next. 405-651-3439 is the text line. A lot to cover with OU recruiting. There is a fire sale going on in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, boy. But I'm in Norman today out and about. Wonder House Furniture Consignments, 1284 North Interstate Drive in Norman. That's in the Robinson Crossing Shopping Center. Wonder House Furniture and Consignments. They've got some awesome outdoor patio heaters next to me, and I heard the price on them. They're at a really, really good price. If you're looking for an outdoor patio heater, you seriously like need to come by now or at least this week. Wonder House Furniture Consignment. That's W-U-N-D-E-R-H-A-U-S. Wonder House Furniture Consignment right here in Norman. We'll tell you about all the cool things they have uh, in their store coming up next. Keep it locked to the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. The Ref Army, listening nationwide once again today. Appreciate all you members of the Ref Army that came by and said uh, hi to us on Saturday before and after the game at Yo Pablo. Ref Army is tuned in in Raleigh, North Carolina, Del Rio, Texas, Fishers, Indiana, Albany, New York, Marietta, Georgia, Bakersfield, California, where I uh, – Heard from one gentleman that we got a lot of listeners out there in the uh, Bakersfield uh, area out there in California, which is pretty cool. Small town of the day. Let's go with uh, Washington, Oklahoma, where there's two uh, pretty big-time tight end targets out there at uh, Washington. One of those, Cooper Alexander, got an Iowa State crystal ball, OU legacy. Um, Zion Kearney, let's talk about uh, one of the newer crystal balls in OU's favor. Sounds like we both think he could be one of OU's next three commits, four-star out of Missouri, Texas, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot to like here, Parker. Yeah, by the end of the week, I would say you can expect that Zion Carney is going to be in the fold at Oklahoma. Uh, things went very well on his visit this weekend, and to be honest, Emmett Jones had just about put the clamps on Zion Carney even before he came back up to Norman for the spring game. So things are moving quickly there. Things have accelerated very fast, and to be able to lock down a top 100 national prospect at any position, let alone at wide receiver, Tyler, to be able to lock down a guy like that before he even gets the chance to take official visits, you tip your cap to Emmett Jones, who is going to own the week. Yeah, well, I mean, you made that higher because of his recruiting prowess and, like, the connection that he has in, you know, the Dallas area and other places across Texas. And we'll see how he is uh, developing talent and just as a wide receiver positional coach. But recruiting was a big reason why you decided to uh, hire Emmett Jones this offseason. And so far, it looks like it was a really good decision to hire him. I mean, especially if he closes out with Bryant Wesco and by – 
all accounts, OU's the leader there. This won't just be a good recruiting class. It'll be the best wide receiver class they've had in a few years. I think Brandon Drum made an excellent point when we had him on with Steely and I on Friday when he said Emmett Jones has always been that dude when it comes to recruiting. He's just He hasn't had the prestige in the logo on his hat that Oklahoma has in his career as an assistant to this point. He's been working at Kansas and Texas Tech. So his marriage, if you will, with the Oklahoma football brand has really opened the door for the Sooners to land some big-time wide receivers going forward. And I think you're going to see that this class with Bryant Wesco and Zion Carney and looking ahead to 2025. DeCorian Moore, the number one wide receiver in the country in that cycle, was another guy that made it back up to Norman this past weekend. I want to say that's four, maybe five OU visits to this point for DeCorian Moore. So if Emma Jones really is that dude, not just in terms of recruiting, but in terms of development, and we start to see that this fall in particular, OU might actually outpace their haul in 2025 at the wide receiver position in comparison to what yeah. they get in 2024. Yeah, Caden Durham, uh, crystal balls in for him to LSU, a running back that we've talked a lot about. Um, Xavier Robinson's going to announce on the 10th. Got to think that OU sits in pretty good spot for that one. Uh, but Caden Durham, a running back that I think what OU would take right now, four-star uh, uh, crystal ball to LSU, probably got to be an OU-LSU battle down the stretch here, I would imagine. It is, and LSU's in this thing. I, By no means am I disavowing the intel that Steve Wiltfong collected in advance of putting in that crystal ball, but I'm pretty confident out after having a few conversations today that OU still has the edge, and I do also know that Michael Hawkins and Jaden Hardy, the two active leaders when it comes to peer recruiting for Oklahoma in the 2024 class, those guys are not going to let him go to the boot without a fight. Uh, everyone on the text line wants to know, including Ty from Bartlesville, uh, what does or who is Jay Valai tweeting about? He sent out a tweet 19 minutes ago that says, Zoom, dot, 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 and his uh, boomer little punch thing that uh, Britt Venables does. Who's he talking about? Is he talking about any recruits? <laughs> Gee, I wonder. Gee, I wonder. Now, keep in mind here, there is an individual in the transfer portal right now who is very heavily considering Oklahoma, whom Jay Valai previously offered and recruited at the University of Texas. Now, Jay Valai left Travis Texas. Hunter. Yeah, Travis Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, Jay Valai left Texas before this individual committed slash signed with UT, but uh, especially accompanied with the Zoom caption there, Tyler, I think it's pretty evident who Jay Valai's tweet is in reference to. Uh, from the 580 Newsflash, OU staff is killing it, worth its weight in gold, Boomer. Uh, from the 405, anybody hit the portal yet? Well, they're hitting the portal left and right at Colorado. What do they have? Thirteen new uh, portal entries. Yeah, today okay, and for CU, there's much Woo. that's going to be made of that situation up at Colorado. Thirteen portal entries in a single day, and people are going to sound the alarm, and people are going to run with whatever narratives they want to run with. Here's what I will say: You should have expected this. You absolutely should have expected this. I promise you, Deion Sanders is not surprised by any of this because. What was Colorado's record last year, Tyler? 1-11. So, 
He is dealing with the remnants is place. of a 1-11 football team. Just as Oklahoma processed 16 to 18 players this past offseason, make no mistake, Deion Sanders is doing plenty of processing of his own because there are plenty of players that remain in that Colorado locker room. Well, maybe not anymore after today, but there, there are plenty of players that did remain in that Colorado locker room that simply weren't good enough to play the level of football that Deion Sanders and his staff expect to play. Patrick says 15 now, portal entries for Colorado. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, let's see. Maybe Dion will come and get oh, – this is from Porter Moser's biggest fan. Maybe Dion will come and get Jaden Gibson. Just think if that two-point conversion was to beat Texas and he dropped that. Let's get in portal and get another wideout. He's another Buki overrated. Um, yeah, okay, here's the thing. Does Jaden Gibson have an issue with drops right now? Yes, obviously. It's the reason why – he didn't play more last year, and, you know, I, we'll see where he figures into the rotation this coming season. But, yeah, he, he's got to figure out how to manage the drops. But I just don't think it necessarily has to mean a year and a half to his collegiate program that he absolutely sucks and that he should transfer out uh, immediately as, as possible. So, I, yeah, it, it wasn't the best look to drop that, but let's, let's, not, let's just not say that he's got awful and needs to leave just yet. Again, I I will continue to profess and reaffirm this with regard to Jaden Gibson. Are the drops an issue? Absolutely. But drops are a mental issue. That's by nature an issue that can be overcome. That is not chronic. And so is it something that's going to plague Jaden Gibson for his entire collegiate career? It might be. I'm not going to sit here and say there's there's not a chance he, he fails to shake that issue that continues to rear its ugly head as far as drops but I'm also not out on Jaden Gibson after a year and a half at the University of Oklahoma because he can't keep both hands on the ball let's give this some time let's let Emmett Jones work with him let's let him spend some additional time in front of the jugs machine before we're officially slapping the bus label on Jaden Gibson because drops that is an issue that is highly fixable yeah now, will like as we evaluate that position moving forward, do I think of Jaden Gibson as one of their top three options? No, probably not, just because of the the reasons that we just listed, because of the drops. I don't think he's going to be a top three receiver this year. But can he overcome that and serve a role within the offense? Yeah, I I, I think that that I think that can absolutely be the case. Uh, I don't think it's going out on a limb, says the texture in the four one seven, to say Bill Biedenboe was one of the best recruiters with his track record of development in the NFL alone. Yeah, he uh, he had quite the return of his former players this weekend. I saw Cody Ford. I saw Orlando Brown. Uh, I saw pretty much every offensive line, seemingly, that he's ever coached that's played in the NFL before. It felt, it felt like all those guys returned for the spring game this weekend, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think we need to draw a careful distinction there because – if, if we're talking about the best recruiters on Oklahoma's staff, I don't know that Bill Biedenboe is on the short list in that regard because he's only landed one five-star to date in Bray Walker, and Caden Green, who was barely inside the top 100 this past cycle, was his highest-rated commit at Oklahoma outside of Bray Walker. But what is undeniable about Bill Biedenboe is that regardless of what the recruiting rankings say, that guy's probably the best developer of talent among Oklahoma's staff. So there will be guys that recruit flashier players. Brandon Hall did an outstanding job last cycle. DeMarco Murray continues to do an outstanding job year after year. 
I don't know that Bill Biedenboe is on par with those guys in terms of the caliber of players that he's able to recruit, but what you can't deny about Bill Biedenboe is that he's going to get the most out of the guys that he does recruit, and he's going to be able to take guys that are blue-chip talents but maybe not nationally revered, i.e. Anton Harrison, and make them into high-level NFL draft picks and guys that can make millions upon millions at the next level. Uh, one more, we'll hit a break. Uh, Blacktop Billy, which was good meeting Billy on Saturday as well. Did you guys get to talk to any of the recruits on Saturday and how many came in for the weekend? The only one that I got to uh, visit with on the pregame show was Brennan Thompson. He came on the, on the very first segment. And in case you missed that, like my final question to him was basically, hey, where does OU sit at in your recruitment? And he said, pretty good but you can tell that there was a smirk attached to that pretty good. Uh So he kind of said without saying it that, like, OU's probably the spot here. And I didn't realize it until after I tweeted out the photo. But if it's any other hints, Brennan Thompson did have Jordans on during his visit to OU. So take that for what you will. But everything I gathered having Brennan Thompson on the air for about five minutes, it was – yeah, I thought OU was in good shape here, and uh, I, I feel the exact same way after this interview, for sure. Brennan Thompson, I mean, look, if he is not a Sooner by the end of the week, I would be very, very, very surprised. Same. Same. <laughs> same. Yeah. So, I mean, something would have ha- something drastic would have had to have happened uh, after Saturday for that not to be the case. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, like going like into that moment Saturday morning, and I even saw him at the game on on Saturday. Uh, yeah, he 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 had a good he had a good visit weekend for sure. Hey, Wonderhouse Furniture Consignment is where I'm at today. No big deal. They just win awards here. 2023 Norman Transcript Reader's Choice Best Consignment Slash Resale Store. So if they win the awards in town, you know that they're the best in town. They've got custom bedding and pillows. Uh, custom window coverings. They really kind of do it all, to be honest with you. Um, outdoor patio heaters. I talked about that. Great deal on those. Patio furniture, upholstering. Uh, your outdoor cushions do need uh, a little bit of an update, so now is the time to do that. Wonder House Furniture Consignment. Give them a call, 405-701-4048. 405-701-4048. More coming up next right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. I'm at Wonder House Furniture Consignments inside the Robinson Crossing Shopping Center in Norman, where apparently they have mimosas on game day over here. Are you kidding me? People come and hang out and watch college game day and drink mimosas? I know Casey's listening. Maybe we have a pregame show for a home game at uh, Wonder House this year. I don't know. College game day on TV and mimosas. I uh, I uh, could be up for that. The entire ref army would probably uh, roll over here too on a uh, Saturday game day. That's fun. No, really cool. Uh, 1284 North Interstate Drive right here in Norman. Robinson Crossing Shopping Center. Um, real quick note on some other spring games that happened across the country. Please tell me you saw what happened in the Nebraska game. Now, there, there was one thing that was cool. They are naming the new locker room after Frank Solich, who was being honored on Saturday. That was cool. But, Parker, the Nebraska offense, eight fumbles, two interceptions, and they were two for four on field goals on Saturday. Also, they had two failed fake punts as well. Yikes. I also know, like, I didn't watch Nebraska's spring game. I only saw clips here and there, but 
Were their quarterbacks not wearing no contact jerseys? Um, what the Sims kid, the the transfer from Nebraska. Uh, I think that that may be right. Um, is that why they fumbled eight times? And it looked like a game from uh, the the late seventies or something. I don't know, but not great. Who was the uh, who was the MVP of OU spring game on Saturday? MVP. Ooh, that's a good question. I guess Thank I haven't you. had this conversation with anybody since the game ended. Uh, there's not an obvious one. No, there's right? really not. Yeah. Well, okay. What what is your answer? Give me your answer. Um, I I'm really tempted to say Peyton Bowen. Because, okay, that's who well, I was gonna say. We we're all we were all high on on Peyton Bowen, of course. Like you know, five star safety, but he he showed us a lot. If I'm just going for a straight MVP of the game, man, Kip Lewis was really good. Kip Lewis was was really good on Saturday. Kip Lewis he got was a lot really of opportunities, good. and he took advantage of those opportunities. I, I might say him. I think Peyton, much like Jaden Gibson last year, Peyton Bowen had the most impressive single play of the spring game, and outside of that one play, although it was the one that made the rounds on the highlight reels and on social media, he was really good otherwise, too. Showed that he knew where to be, when to be there, and really looked very comfortable in the scheme within Brent Venables' defense, and it was abundantly evident on that play and others that he's just an elite-level athlete, Tyler. And so I would give the nod to Peyton Bowen, but I I will acknowledge that Kip Lewis did have a very, very impressive performance. I'll tell you who else I liked, and I thought that I would. I like Reggie Pearson a lot too. OU is at least three deep at safety this year. And you know what you got with uh, with Billy Bowman. You didn't need to see a whole lot on Saturday to know that you got a pretty good safety there. But this is I feel about as good I feel as good about safety for OU as I've had in a, in a in a while, in a long time maybe. I would agree with you. You get Robert Spears Jennings healthy, things only get well. You're only all the deeper at that position. But between Billy Bowman, Reggie Pearson, Damon Harmon. Uh, Key Lawrence, and then you throw in Peyton Bowen, and there's somebody else I'm forgetting. Who? Bowman Pearson. I'm forgetting another safety, Tyler, and I can't. You re- are forgetting another safety. Well, you get Robert Spears Jennings there healthy. But I just the safety is going to be the position of strength this year. Uh, Sugar Shane says Reggie Pearson is an absolute dog uh, from the 405. Reggie Pearson. Blacktop Billy says, agree, Kip Lewis probably had the best overall stats. Uh, the 918 says, definitely not the second-team offensive line yeah, for MVP. And this yeah, is, that's, that's why, Tyler, I'm not making any sweeping judgments about the team as a whole because the play of the offensive line has a ripple effect on literally everything else when you're going intra-squad the way that Oklahoma was on Saturday. And so I cannot draw a reasonable or rational conclusion about this team as a whole, the offense as a whole, or the defense as a whole, because the offensive line was so challenged on Saturday when it comes to injuries and when it comes to sheer numbers. Now, with that being said, like, you know, Jackson Arnold had some moments on Saturday. Uh, A lot of those moments were he was getting pressure right in his face. But that last drive, I guess that was his only drive with the first team offense, correct? Was that the best throw of the day? Yes. It's touchdown pass to Gavin Freeman. I think it was too, man. 1,000%. I think it was too. 1,000%. That was a really good throw. And, and, and what I said on the post game is, 
you know, that really impressed me to to come out there for his first spring game. You know, he's nervous, I'm sure, and he goes out there and he's got pressure all over him for the entire day. You know, and then even with that, even after kind of a tough day in terms of protection, he still steps up and delivers the game tying uh, touchdown pass, a beautiful throw to Gavin Freeman, the best throw of the day after everything that he had faced before. That like that was a that was a pretty that was that was a big moment, I think. Sam and Edmund on the text line says, Reggie Pearson is a missile and arrives at the football with real bad intentions. We've needed that for a while now. And again, I think that can be said about so many other safeties at that position too. Billy Bowman, yes. Peyton Bowen, yes. Key Lawrence, at times, you know, you want to see him be more consistent. Robert Spears Jennings, absolutely. He was really impressive in the limited action that he got a season ago. And then the guy that everybody tends to forget about is Damon Harmon. Uh, who is capable of playing pretty much anywhere in the secondary, but has seen most of his time to this point in his Sooner career at safety. So, yeah, Brandon Hall, man, that dude just got to sit back and let his guys cook at this point because he's got a really deep, really talented room, and he just continues to reload and reload and reload on the recruiting trail. Yeah, judging by the text line, everyone really likes Reggie Pearson, I think as you should, and also Desan McCullough. Um, he was really good with several uh, batted balls at the line of scrimmage. He had some PBUs and, and some nice tackles. He had a really good play on a fourth and like three, maybe it was. Maybe it was like a fourth and five. They threw they throw it to uh, Drake Stoops, and he's basically got one-on-one. If Drake Stoops breaks a tackle, he's going to get a first down and a lot more. But Desan McCullough left no doubt as to who was going to make that play. McCullough came up and made a really nice tackle on Drake Stoops fourth down stop and the the defense got some points so I know he's been the subject of some criticism so far this spring but you just saw naturally like his just god-given abilities that he has as a football player there is a lot to like there about Desan McCullough a lot to like there from the 580 I was impressed with Grayson Halton and Spears of course they were playing against a patchwork O-line I'm assuming that's in reference to Sears Devon Sears yeah Uh, PJ had a nice play Grayson Halton had a couple sacks. Rondell Bothroyd flashed. In general, really, really good afternoon for Oklahoma's defensive line. But again, I I don't draw any significant conclusions from the action that we saw in terms of that position group in particular because they were going up against a very, very shoddy offensive line. And you know, it. Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, I, I just just add a, a, another player here. I, I I agree with all of that. Like my opinion of the offensive line is not going to be formed based on what we saw on Saturday. Um, like I I considered it a question mark going into the spring. I still consider it a question mark today. So it's not like I'm convinced that they're going to be the best O line in the Big Twelve. But that's that's not an accurate representation of what they're going to be. At least to me, with as many players that they have out right now that I think will be back uh, in September. But, yes, even though the offensive line struggled, I I really like what I saw from Gavin Sawchuk. I, I know that he didn't have just a huge day, but I was interested to see, okay, are we going to see are we going to see that physical type of back that we saw in the bowl game against Florida State? Like That was just one game that he showed us that. Are we going to see the signs that that's the norm for him and that just wasn't really, one really good game? He looked tough to bring down. Um, they, they got him out there on that wheel route, which I think you might see a lot this year. He scored a touchdown on that one. Though it wasn't a huge day, like, you can tell who's a good player. Like, Gavin Sawchuk's going to be, at worst, your number two back. And, and honestly, could, could push for your number one back. 
from the 417, some of the catches I saw from DJ Graham at the spring game have me believing he can easily be that dude at wide receiver. And, oh gosh, great text from Coy. Whoever came up with that scoring system must have thought they were cooking. Never let them cook again. Did you see the Jumbotron even uh, got it confused and messed up a couple times early on? I'm sure they did. It's hard to keep oh, track, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I've never seen the Jumbotron have to, like, subtract points from the wrong team before. That was kind of interesting to see. But they, they had to on Saturday with that uh, crazy scoring system that was going on. And how perfect, though, you know, is points were awarded throughout the week. Uh, points were awarded for the kicking for chicken. Like points were awarded left and right all week long, and still it came down to a two-point conversion. And that was a good ball by Jackson Arnold on that two-point conversion. By the way, moving to his right, he put it, it, it where was it needed a, to be. It was the only place it could be, Tyler. That was one of the best plays. I like that throw rolling to his right across his body I think was on par with the throw he made to Gavin Freeman in terms of degree of difficulty and he put it the only place it could have been for Jaden Gibson and it was just man and out of his hands yeah unfortunate Wonderhouse Furniture Consignment that's spelled W-U-N-D-E-R-H-A-U-S Wonderhouse Furniture Consignment uh, give them a call today for your patio furniture needs Really, for custom window coverings, custom bedding and pillows. They do it all, and we'll tell you uh, everything that they have here at Wonder House as the day rolls on. All kinds of performance fabrics as well here at Wonder House Furniture Consignment. That number is 405-701-4048. 405-701-4048. We'll get to your text and a whole lot more Cruton news coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment's locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref for the Homa Sooner fans. Wonder House right here in Norman. Tell you more about it uh, as the show rolls on. Wonder House Furniture Consignment right here at the uh, Robinson Crossing Shopping Center. 405-701-4048. 405-701-4048. K.J. Daniels, wide receiver commit OU got last week. Now, look, we tell you all the time to not pay attention to ESPN's recruiting services. Um, so that does hold up here. However, K.J. Daniels is now rated as a four-star by ESPN. So just throwing out that nugget to everyone. Uh, from the 405, got to say, I was initially disappointed when I got to my seat. Bum turnout wasn't better. About halfway through the first quarter, I tried to make myself think like a teenaged football player. All the alums, legit NFL players, whose names they all know. Those of us who did go screamed ourselves hoarse. I got over it. If I were a high school kid, I probably would have been somewhat awestruck. That is a good point about the uh, the recruiting weekend and all the alumni that come back. It's it's just something additional that helps put on a pretty big, uh, good spring game performance for the for the recruits that were in town. Yeah, things went very, very well on the whole when you're talking recruiting. And a guy that we haven't even talked about this hour is Joseph Jonah Ajonye, who it, it yep. seemed like Oklahoma really, really lengthened their lead with him over the weekend. And I believe in total the Sooners hosted somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 total recruits. Now, needless to say, not all those guys have offers or even will have offers, but to get all your top targets in the same building and still be able to put 55,000 fans in the seats. I know it wasn't what it was last year, but it was never going to be. It's still a good turnout, 55,000 is plenty respectable. Turnout. One of the top five turnouts for a spring game across the nation. So I, I do not view attendance and overall environment as a disappointment on Saturday. 
No, I, I don't either. I mean, I said a week ago that anything over 50K, especially with the weather that you had on Saturday, yep. is not ideal by any any stretch. Anything over 50K was going to be well attended, and they got over 54,000. So I think all in all it wasn't the best attendance in college football, but it was it was pretty good. Uh, from the 405, where does OU stand with the D-line recruits that were on campus? Did we make a move with any of them? Well, you just mentioned one of them, Joseph Jonah Ajonier who there was a crystal ball, one or two crystal balls that rolled in for him on, what, Thursday of last week, I think? Yes. Yes. Uh, I believe Brandon Drum and myself, we both dropped those crystal balls. I think it was either Thursday or Friday, but it was before this weekend. And I think this weekend only solidified what we already believed to be the case with regard to Joseph Jonah Ajonia, which is that he very much favors Todd Bates in Oklahoma. Yeah. It was all in all good, good recruiting weekend. I, I'm with Parker. I think throughout this week we're going to hear about some more names that eventually commit to this 2024 class, either through uh, recruiting or via the transfer portal. But a lot of you are wanting to know today how you should feel about Brennan Thompson. That's kind of the main one. Uh, you should feel you should feel very good about Brennan Thompson. And what are you getting with him? You are getting a guy with elite speed at the wide receiver position. I'll be interested to see. How would they would they use him in any other ways as just a wide receiver? But regardless, you're going to get one of the fastest players on your team. Yeah, and I th- I feel like Brennan Thompson will be a guy that gets to line up in the backfield a little bit. They'll move him around, get him in pre-snap motion, find ways to be creative in utilizing him because speed and space, Tyler, it's a valuable thing to have in your offense, and Brennan Thompson brings that in spades. So. The expectation, again, is that Oklahoma's going to close on him, and if they do add him, uh, really, really fun asset to have for Jeff Levy. You know about Wonder House Furniture Consignment, but do you know about Wonder Hall Furniture Movers, huh? They are now booking dorm, Greek housing, and apartment moves. Call or text them, 405-831-5908, 405-831-5908 to reserve your spot. Their crews uh, are background checked for your peace of mind. The Rush is coming up next. Keep me locked on the ref.